Bam, we're live. Good morning, guys. And it begins the stretch to Wadapalooza. Audrey, the Shiz, Kev, Jessica, Kyle, Vindicate. Hey, you guys probably saw last night, Monday Night Football, guy falls down on the field. Twitter lights up, Instagram lights up, everyone's showing the videos. Here it is right here. Uh, the guy's name, I think, is Damar Hamlin. And uh, it's, I think, I think it's, 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 is it the Bengal player? No, Buffalo Bills player. It's one of the guys in the white. White white outfit. The white jersey. The guy on the this guy right here. Yeah. And uh he stands up, sorry for the stutter. And then he goes straight to his back. Here's the thing. A lot of people are referring to this as a uh, that there was a collision on his chest and the timing was perfect and it was something that that you know that's pretty common where you 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 hit the rib cage it impacts the heart right at the right minute and it stops the heart. There's a name for it. Do you, do you know the name for it, Caleb? I think you're the one maybe who shared it with me. Commotio cordis. Commotio cordis. Commotio cordis. Commotio cordis. The problem is this. Uh, it, you know, just for an example, we've never seen um, anyone go down at the CrossFit Games from clotting. And, uh, you know, this year we have two. And then we've never seen this in the NFL. And when I say never, I'm just saying what the commentators were saying last night. They um, two guys kept saying we've never seen this. And one guy's like, well, we saw it, but it was a long time ago. And when you're not uh, when you're not transparent about what we've gone through in the past two years, uh, it's totally. um our call at that point to start, uh, you know, saying whatever we want. So for the people who are freaking out and name calling those of us who uh, suspect that this may have been uh, injection related, like, Hey man, they put us in this spot by lying to us so often that it's our go-to the, the, the NFL guys. Hey Brian, good morning. Good morning. The commentators were tripping when they would go to the desk. The people were tripping, tripping. Olivia, good morning. Morning. Uh, what time is it there? Nine. Oh, is that early for you? Um, yeah. Right oh, now. during winter break, that's early. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. Are you? Are you in your senior year? No, I'm still a ju- I'm just a junior. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Can they get you on an accelerated track or something? Maybe you finish a semester early next year. I wish. <clears throat> I think some of the I know that some of the other athletes have sometimes been able to manage that, but it's usually just uh you know you guys are always obviously very hardworking. So when you want to you know set your mind on something, it can often be achieved. Yeah, I only have like. I think like two and a half or three credits left. So at least maybe try, I'm t- might try and convince them to have me do like half days or something next year. But so you would do yeah. that if you could, if, if there was some way you could get out early, you would do that. Oh yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, it, would any part of you miss high school? Mm, I mean, I would still be going for half a day. And so I'd still be kind of having the experience, but no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see. Do you have a lot of friends at school? 
Yeah. Is that the primary reason you like to go? Yeah, basically. Yeah, me too. I went just for the friends. I loved going there to see my friends. That shit was cool. Uh, so, so you're not only are you just a junior, but you're not even done with your junior year. You're like, you're barely halfway through. Yeah. We just, we're about to start second semester. So halfway through. Oh man. And then, and then what time do you, when you, uh, when school's in session, what time do you get up? Um, like six, five forty-five. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my good. And that starts tomorrow. Uh, Thursday. Oh my goodness. They should have just rolled it over to Monday. I know. I don't know why we just have two days this week, I guess. The school, school schedules are very, extremely variable <clears throat> right now. Like there's a lot of, um, college freshmen and sophomores that have, tra- you know, trained at our gym through the later part of their high school careers, but they're always coming back at random times. Some of them will stay for a week. Some of them are here for like five weeks. They had like a whole month plus off of college. I never know what's going on. Oh yeah. College, like both my sisters, like they have like over a month off. I'm like, that's crazy. How old are your sisters? Um, one of them is 20 and one of them is 23. The 20 year old, uh, I have to believe was a big inspiration for you in pursuing CrossFit. Yeah. Ellie, she did CrossFit, but now she just does it for fun in college. Good. Me too. I don't do it in call. I do it in my garage for fun. (laughs) Uh, you made your rogue debut. Yep. Yeah. That, that is, uh, truly, uh, remarkable. How did you, can you tell me about the discussion, um, you had with yourself, with, uh, with your counsel? Uh, how did you decide to do this? Well, I just wanted some, like, I knew that my goal going into this year was to make it in the elite division. So I wanted to get some experience so that the first time I like did a competition, I wasn't just like shocked. And so, um, we didn't know if rogue would be able to happen, but whenever they did the qualifier, I was like, well, might as well do it. And so then we did that. And then I'm also doing Wadapalooza coming up in the elite division. So I'll have a pretty good like idea of, like what it's like to be elite so that I'm not like shocked going into semis. So, so, and when you say the elite division, you mean at the CrossFit games? Yes. And, but really, and w- but, but really it's the semifinals <clears throat> like that will be either way. If she, you know, in order to yeah. get to the CrossFit games, you have to go through the semifinals. And those events are big events basically is what you guys are, are telling me. You're telling me that like, Hey, the semifinals is like showing up to rogue or is like showing up to Wadapalooza in terms of the number of events, the crowd, the pressure, the athletes who will be at your right and left, those types of things. Yeah, basically. Um, th- yeah. Those are very similar. It uh, kind of, the the weird thing is in one case, it feels like it's the most that's on the line at the semifinals because that's, if, if you don't perform there, you don't get to the games. But on the other side, and I don't know that uh, this is something that weighs too heavily on Olivia right now, but in the off season, there's a little bit more at stake financially than at the semifinals. So the pressure can be felt differently. Do you have financial pressure, Olivia? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, Dad, I need money. Um, 
how 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 was Rogue in terms of these? Un, I'm, I'm going to call them unknown elements that maybe you that you, that were different from. I mean, it's not like you didn't compete at the highest level. You completed competed at the highest level where you were capable to compete, and that's the team division at the games, and you did really well. Um, what about uh, and by well, I mean when? Any surprises at Rogue? Were there any like um, starstruck crowd was too big, uh, too too many fans? Uh, not being able to overcome poor performances. Were there any shocks in any of those places where you're like, oh, that was a bigger hurdle than I thought? Um, I thought maybe the biggest hurdle was just like the starstruck, like just the fact that I was competing with like people that I've always looked up to. It was kind of hard for me to like get over that at first and like actually like want to beat them. So that might have been the biggest hurdle. Which Anyone is why I'm glad that I did Rogue and, like, I'm doing Wadapalooza so that I can, like, get over that so that it's not like that at semis. Yeah. Any Anyone in particular that you're like, wow, you, you are real. You're not just, like, someone on social media. I mean, all of them. But just, like, I think, like, a couple events I was lined up next to Annie and I feel like that was, like, really real. I was like, okay, this is, like my like childhood idol so yeah yeah man i think annie <clears throat> she is probably the one that that i was would have guessed that you would have said i mean she's so iconic and she's you know just physically also her presence is very radiant she's you know great presence uh, on and off the field um and for pretty much i mean i don't think it's just women i think a lot of people coming up in crossfit you know 10 12 years ago all the way through now have continued to be impressed and inspired by her yeah um olivia when um when you're out there that i heard stories repeatedly from i think it was gazan alex gazan and uh maybe it was i can't remember who the other person was it was another young athlete and they were saying how nice some of the older athletes were to them like i heard a lot of compliments regarding danny spiegel about her putting their arm around them her talking to them her making them feel comfortable did you get that from any of the ladies out there Oh, definitely. I think, like, just starting from the very first, like, check-in day when we had, like, a meeting and there was, like, no coaches, I was just, like, kind of, like, lost. I didn't know what to do. But, yeah, Danny and um, Ariel Lowen and, like, most of them were all very nice. So that was nice having them, like, comforting me when they could tell i was like nervous and shy but yeah well and and you were kind of thrown into the deep end too i mean <clears throat> i was there in in rogue in the stands and i remember for a majority of the events I, it was not very difficult to find jacob you know he was standing up with a very uh, uh jersey on supporting you but event one you didn't get to have your coach either yeah, I yeah, he was there most I could see him or hear him most of the time. He has a distinct like sound I could hear. But yeah, the first event I was just like right when they announced that we were all like laughing, like, of course the first event, like I'm a sixteen year old girl and just like going on a bus, don't know where I'm going with no coaches. I was like trying not to freak out and just laugh about it and but yeah, I mean, 
glad I like once again glad I had that experience at Rogue and not like at the games or somewhere where it like actually matters. But that was crazy. Was there any discussion about okay, well, we have to make an exception here, and like Olivia's dad or mom has to go on the bus? Um, no, they didn't ever say that. But I think <laughs> my mom had to like sign a permission slip for me to go. Did they have an official permission slip? Uh, yeah, it was like a waiver, like online, but. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would think that's probably common is you have to sign some kind of waiver to compete in if you're under 18. And, you know, Emma Lawson was in a similar situation. Did you bond with her over that at all? Um, we kind of like laughed about it a lot, a little bit, but we weren't on the same bus. So we didn't really like talk about it that much. What was that bus ride like? I mean, bus ride like for you? Were you nervous? Were you just hanging out with the other girls or guys, or were you just pretty much focused on what you were about to do? Uh, um, I mean, I was nervous. A lot, most people on my bus, like the way there, were not talking at all. So it, I was kind of just like quiet with headphones in. And then the way back, they were a little more talkative, and like I would kind of like talk sometimes. But yeah, I was just nervous and I think we like all knew what we were about to do, like some sort of like running thing. So I was just kind of like mentally preparing myself for that and just get it over with. And were you thinking to myself, maybe there'll be a heavy barbell out there for me? Yeah, maybe in the (laughs) middle of this run. (laughs) Did they go away uh, at three, two, one, go and you get going? Did it all go away? Did all the noise go away? And once you got in, got sweaty and got the heartbeat up, did you feel at home? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the first workout, but once we got like on the, like in the stadium, the first workout and it was like three, two, one, that's when like, yeah, it definitely went away and I could like just do what I always do. What, what, if any reasons were there that you wouldn't go to rogue? Were there any reasons we've talked about the benefits of going to, you know, just get the, get the experience, but were there any reasons like, Hey, this isn't a good idea. Um, I mean, the only reasons are just like the reasons that like everyone else doesn't go is just because it's like right after the games. And if you really want to like, like, I don't know, it kind of takes away from like, if you're, doing a cycle or something to like really improve on something for the like new season, then it kind of like disrupts that, I guess. So just like affecting training for, uh, or getting better for the new season. But I think that it was like big enough thing, like experience for me, like it made me better itself. So it wasn't like, like I was disrupting, like, or not getting better from doing it. I mean, do you, do you, is the goal to win the CrossFit Games someday? Like, do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, but that's like not 2023 goal. Right. Does that dream ever dim? Do you, do you ever, like after the games and then you're going to sign up for Rogue, you're like, man, like, do you ever feel, uh, you know, burnout or um, what's the word I'm looking for? What, what What's that thing that they say happens to kids? If you train them too hard or adults, I can't remember, but does the dream, does the dream ever dim? Have you ever felt it like another thought creep in? Um, not really. I mean, 
like sometimes I've thought like oh this is gonna be really hard or like especially with like school and everything like I don't know if I can do this but I feel like especially after the games I feel like I'm like more like inspired or motivated than ever so I don't know I don't really get burnt out just because like I'm having so much fun doing it and like yeah I just I don't know yeah that's awesome that uh it's interesting i bet you there's people who after the games feel defeated but you're in that spot where yeah yeah after that you you're in a realistic spot right you had a great uh great showing as a child and now you're transitioning to adult the adult game well, what, what's weird is you're transitioning to the adult games but you're still a kid you are still a kid right yeah yeah i mean I you're in high school 17 so do you drive do you have a driver's license yeah it's just uh, every time I see you, I just I can't even believe it. How 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 are how are things with Jacob? Um, does he look like he's going to make it another year as your coach? Are you keeping him, or as your training partner, or whatever There's you call him? Nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, where, where are we? Are we, are we re-signing the contract with uh, Jacob? No, we'll he'll always be there, but um, we don't know yet. We're trying to just kind of see like how the season like or how Waterpalooza goes and everything to see if I might need like a more like professional coach, like that's like for, to take the next step basically to them in the next level, but he'll always be there. So it's not like we're breaking up or anything. And we, we could make fun of uh, Jacob for not being professional, but really I think he has a lot of things going on and he works hard at a lot of different tasks in his life. And for me, it's like, if you're going to pursue that, he wants, I'm sure he wants to make sure that he can be as available as needed to support you. And, and if, and maybe that's not the case. And I think that's really cool that you guys are able to have that conversation. Yeah, for sure. What, what would that look like, um, Olivia? I mean, you have, you know, this semester left and then you have a whole nother year of high school. What would that look like? Would you go to a training camp or would you just take programming from someone else or what would happen? You'd move to Van, Fort Vancouver and uh, with Ellie yeah. and uh, Mr. Medeiros? No, I I definitely would not move until um like I'm out of high school for sure. So I would just probably get programming from someone and do it at the barn because I would still have Jacob and um I have a couple other people that I train with and I would still have them training with me. So yeah. Poor I would Jacob. Not move. Poor Jacob's probably terrified. What if like you're going to sign up with mayhem and he's going to be stuck doing wall balls for the next and GHDs for the next three years. Is he able to keep up with you anymore? I mean, it's, it's crazy uh, what you're doing. Oh yeah. He keeps up, especially in his like specialty workouts. Like, I don't know the burpees and I don't know, even know, but he definitely keeps up. He just, he just thinks I beat him. But, but but he's still the man. Yeah, and he just gets sore after every workout I do with him. So he doesn't like doing them. Um is there did you feel any pressure as a teen being at the at the top of the mountain and maybe some of that pressure has uh gone away now that you're swimming in a bigger pond? I mean, you were the big dog uh and and now maybe you're a puppy. Do you feel any pressure release? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still pressure on, like, making it to the games. But, like, right now, since we're still, like, months out from the real pressure, then I'm, like, 
definitely a lot more calm than I was like leading up to the games I could definitely feel like a lot of the pressure like I'm like the number one like seed I'm the number one pick and like all this like what if I don't even win and like so I was definitely stressed leading into the games but yeah now that not like at Rogue I wasn't as stressed because I was like okay I know I'm not gonna win just go in and have fun and do the best you can and so yeah, definitely less stressed right now. Do you know if you're going to go um, adult at the games? Have you have you made that decision yet, or is it still st- still both doors are open? I mean, obviously both doors are open, but in your mind, are, have you ch- have you made a choice? Um. Well, in my mind, I've like made the decision like that I want to like make it in the elite division, but now that they have. Now that, like, the new rule, you can do both semis, that also made a lot of stress off my plate. So now I can do both. So What do you mean? Explain that to me. I'm not following. Like, last year, they said you could do the same, like, you could do individual and teenage quarterfinals, open, all that. But once you get to semifinals, you have to, like, make a choice, like, if you're going elite or going teenage. And... So, like, that's when I had to make the choice that I was going in the teenage division. Um, But this year, you can do both. So, like, I can qualify as a teenager, and then I can go do semis and just be like, what the heck, I already have a spot at the games if I don't make it, but, and do both. Wow. So, you won't actually have to make it, as long as you're willing to put in, do the workouts and keep succeeding at them, you can do uh, could yeah, you do I, both I, at the games? I, could she do both at the games, Brian? No, no. no but what I but I, what I hear her saying there is that that's stressful. You know, is that she like she's in a little bit of unknown. And what I've kind of always wanted, I think, is that at the start of the season, you just decide when you sign up for the open, you decide if you're going to compete on a team or as a age group or in an individual, and then that's locked in. It makes it easy for everyone to follow the trajectory of the season. Open it back up like this. For me, from my from my perspective, you know, creates a lot of chaos and challenges in terms of people saying, "Well, who who are the teams to watch at the games?" I don't know. There's fifty people on this roster. I'm not sure if that team's actually going to compete or half their people are going to go. I mean, two years ago, the top qualifying team out of quarterfinals in Europe, the top the best male and best female one individual, and so we didn't get a chance to see that team at all. It was a Spanish training culture team. I was excited to see them. We had to wait a, a whole year to see them. Anyway, so. <clears throat> But to hear an athlete say that it's also stressful is something that uh, is, you know, stands out to me because CrossFit has been very uh, open about the fact that they've communicated with athletes a lot in trying to make decisions um, going forward. They've been seeking out uh, advice and counsel from athlete organizations, uh, agents and managers in the space to try to, you know, do things that are in line with what the athletes would like to see. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it'll stay that way or not, but I do imagine that when you're good enough to make it on multiple paths, that it is a really difficult decision. Uh, is that is that accurate, Olivia? Basically, like, hey, it's nice having the options, but it's just added more stress for longer because because you have the the option for so long. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the most stressful part is just that, like, doing all the qualifiers. Like, I put on my schedule, like, all the qualifiers, and it's, like, one is, like, every weekend or, like, every other weekend. So I feel like that's the most stressful part is just you never, like, get a break or get to really, like, train because you're just doing all these qualifiers. But 
for me, especially this year, I thought that it took like a lot of stress off my plate because I didn't have to like, like I like since I want to go elite. If I went to semis and then like I would have so much stress there, like if I didn't make it. But this now I can kind of go there and be like not as stressed because I already have a game spot. Like I mean, obviously I still want to make it, but like you know, not as stressful because I'm still making it to the games either way. Oh my goodness! So so well, let's look, before we get to this. Hold this here okay, for a second. Okay, you did the qualifier for Rogue online while qualifier. Yeah. And did you do the online qualifier for Wadapalooza, or were you invited to that? I was invited, so, <clears throat> so I asked you that. That's nice. And if people don't know, there are a lot of different ways that Wadapalooza uh, invites athletes to compete in their competition, all individual games, athletes, some mm-hmm. teams, some age group winners. And then there's several other small competitions and historical stuff. <clears throat> so there's a big, a lot of different ways. But that's at least nice that you didn't have to do that qualifier. But Savan, just to put it in perspective, she did the Rogue qualifier. That was like end of August, beginning of September. Competed in Rogue at the end of October. She's competing in Wadapalooza in the middle of January. In the middle of February, she has three weeks of Open. Two weeks later, she has individual quarterfinals. Two weeks after that, she has age group quarterfinals. A month after that, she has the age group sem. Oh, she probably has the the individual semifinals. Then she has the age group semifinals, and then she has the games. Yeah, this is crazy. The the one thing I don't know if if you mentioned in there, Brian, was this. Oh, that's the team quarterfinal. Okay, okay. Yeah, the April, the March thirty second, first to April second. So she'll do March sixteen and nineteen, and thirty first to second. So and Olivia, that's that gets her through two stages of the season. Then she'll have to do the age group oh, semifinals and the elite semifinals. So she'll have comes- to do five competitions before going to the games. Uh, Olivia, what comes first in the semifinals, the age or the in, uh, elite? Do you know? Well, I think they're different weekends, aren't they? Do you know which one comes first? Which comes oh. in, in the order? For the semifinals, I think age group semis are first. Oh, my goodness. I believe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you'll do those regardless. Because if it was the other way around, maybe after doing the semifinals, you might be like, okay, I'm good. I'm going elite. But now, wow. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. Has anyone ever done that before, Brian, what she's going to do? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm sure there are more than I'm forgetting, but I know that Sam Briggs has done it uh, a couple of times. Uh, I think maybe. Mal did it the year that she, or maybe it wasn't think, like the whole like quarter semis thing, but I know yeah, I think that her and Emma Carey qualified. both did that year. Yeah. Oh, so, but it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. That's like she is saying. It's basically every other week she's competing for <laughs> three months in a row or something. Um, I, I, I want to get back to this. I just want to um, let this person ask this question. Cole uh, Solomon, uh, Sevan asked Olivia how she felt at the final workout at Rogue. The final workout was, what was that? That was the 30 clean and jerk? Yeah. And what was the weight on that? I think it was 135. Okay. The floor is yours, Miss Kerstetter. Um, yeah, that was definitely like that was so much fun. Whenever they announced it, I think I was one sixty-five. You don't know the difference between that's oh. how strong you are. You don't know the difference between. I would never forget <laughs> that. I would never oh. <laughs> forget that. I'd be like one, bragging. One sixty-five feels like one thirty-five to her. Oh my goodness! That was a long time ago. You are nuts. <laughs> yeah, but like whenever they announced that, I like thought. 
initially that it looked really fun and I was like okay this is like the very last workout just go and like you like this workout so just have fun and end it on a good note and then I definitely did not expect to get second place especially with like Danny Spiegel in my heat I was like okay just keep like right behind her and then you'll still get a good placing and um then I just kept going and I like felt really good and then yeah I don't know it was kind of a blur but it was like definitely sparked some like energy in me and made me motivated so I'm glad that we ended on that one I think it might have won you a few fans as well (laughs) people were loving that I'm trying to remember were you on what you were on the end closest to the camera and Danny was in the middle yeah she was in she was in the outside lane she wouldn't know where the camera was necessarily yeah right and and you were pretty close and you were pretty close to her. Were you ever ahead of her? And when you heard that voice in your head say, You're out there on the floor and you're like, Okay, I'm just gonna stay with Danny Spiegel. Had you is, is this all new to you? These type of thoughts and this type of strategizing? I mean, yeah, it was new to me, but like also since it was the last workout of the weekend, it was like like I was kind of used to like the whole thought process by then. And so you you finish that workout, you take second place in it, and uh, what was what was your time again, Caleb? Three forty eight. So just to put this in perspective, I suspect that the two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and two thousand nine CrossFit Games that would be a top ten finish in the men's division, maybe top five. What do you 165? think? One sixty five. Yeah. In what years? To seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, I mean, well, we had. Uh, I mean, that's squat, crazy. You know, we had squat clean grace, wasn't it? As the final of two thousand eight, and I think that. Uh, and that was one fifty five, but you had to squat it. But I think her time is competitive with Kalipa's, the champs that year. Yeah, and his time was a lot better than most of the guys. Wow, we've come so far. When when was the first time? How old were you when you the first, you're seventeen now? How or were you seventeen at Rogue also? I was 16 at Rogue. Of course you were. And and uh, and Annie's probably 32, right? So she's double your age probably, probably something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when was, how old were you the first time uh, you pulled 165 off the ground and it went over your head? Oh, I have no idea. Okay, we'll give you some – I'll help you out. Were you out of diapers? yes i don't know was it before you had a driver's license yeah i think uh i remember doing 160 for a clean and jerk in like jacob's old barn i was probably like 12 or 13 i'm not sure but keep in mind like you know like i mentioned about her sister you know her sister when she was 12 or 13 her sister was 15 or so and she was podium yeah i was training with her the whole time so um it's just normal to you right like you don't do you feel strong or do you just is this just normal to you or do you feel strong i mean i feel strong but you do i'm just used to it now i guess yeah um do, do you think that there's any um do you think it's more uh 
how much do you think genetics plays into it? I'm not a big fan. A lot of people talk about genetics and, and prodigies and I'm not a big fan of that. I think that I lean on the more like when people say, Oh, your kids are so good at something. I'm like, they're just so talented. I'm like, no, they're not talented. They work really, really hard. Like they, they came out of the womb looking, you know, not being able to walk also. Yeah. I don't know how much genetics plays into it. I mean, my like dad is pretty like big and strong. So, but all dads are big and strong. Pick someone else, (laughs) pick someone else. (laughs) All all, all boys and girls say that. But also my sister, like she, whenever she was competing at the games, her biggest weakness was strength. So like we're related and we have like totally different like strengths and weaknesses. So yeah, I don't know if it was genetics or just. I would even say you guys have different body types. Like, you know, scientifically there are different types of bodies. I'm not an expert on them, but she's, I would say she's more uh, tall and lanky relative to you. Yeah. And she was like a gymnast. So she was definitely smaller. Yes. Avi thinks his dad is strong. They walk around being like, my dad can pick up 200 pounds. Strong, but not big. Yeah. And I never show him videos of Olivia ever. (laughs) (laughs) They're not allowed to watch this. No, absolutely (laughs) not. I want to screw it up. It's like telling Santa Claus doesn't exist. Uh, uh, Olivia, um, I was uh, listening to uh, Spencer Panchik yesterday. I was listening to an old podcast that he was on with um, uh, uh, Kettlebells and Cocktails, the John Woolsey over there. And it's actually a great interview. I I really enjoyed it with just John and um, Spencer. And Spencer said that when he went to the CrossFit Games, he thought that it was going to be he was going to be ready for it mentally because he had got to watch Saxon and Scott for so many years and he's like I got this I got this none of the pressure is going to get to me and he got there and he's like man I was so wrong the pressure really really got to me and there were a lot of obstacles to overcome and uh, he said that there is no substitute for going to the CrossFit games do you have does that resonate with you at all with being at Rogue and he also had that bike incident that he had to mentally overcome, you know, where he came in a lap oh, early. Yeah. So he, so he, he was Delta. Hey, here's a big dose of try to get over this. Um, any moments in rogue, any emotional, like where you started beating up on yourself or any unique highs or unique lows at rogue? Um, nothing that like comes to mind, just that I like obviously didn't like do how I thought I was going to, but, um, I gave myself a lot of grace just because like I wasn't in shape because of like taking time off after the games and then like going back to school. So it was really hard for me to like stay in the same shape that I was like at the games. And so um, that might've been the hardest thing mentally was just like trying not to look at the leaderboard and be like, Oh, you like, I thought I would do a lot better than I did, but um yeah, like I said, gave myself a lot of grace. So, um, Matt, uh, Matt uh, Brian, where does Olivia rank as the most dominant um, young athletes that we've ever seen in the sport? Is, is she? Is, is it her and Mal O'Brien? Who hmm. is it? Is is Olivia? Well, there's a nose, just, a nose ahead of her. A nose ahead of her. There's just a changing landscape in that regard because for a majority of the time that the teenage divisions have existed at the games, no one was really considering 
or able to make the elite divisions until they'd aged out. Start, you know, and then with Mel O'Brien and, and Emma Carey, we saw that happen. Then we saw it happen with Emma Lawson, and now Olivia's trying to continue that trend. Whereas prior to that, you had athletes like Haley Adams and Dallin Pepper who were competing all the way through 17 years old. And, you know, Dallin was three for three at the games, had a ton of event wins. Uh, Haley's last year at 17 years old, she won, I think, seven of the eight workouts at the games. And all of those other women, Mal, um, Emma Lawson, Emma Carey, and possibly Olivia <clears throat> will be passing on their 17th year, or their last year in the teenage division. So it's hard. It's kind of hard to say from that perspective. Gotcha. But she, but she's in the contention. When you win the games as the younger person in your division, so Olivia won it at 16 against the 16 and 17 years old, that to me immediately elevates you amongst anyone who won it in the older year because so many things are changing for people when they're 14 to 15 and 16 to 17. Right. And so, Olivia, let me ask you this um, hard question. There are these uh, great athletes who you see um, have these holes in the games, who, who have holes. Speaking of Haley Adams, right? She's this great athlete. And if she filled up this hole that everyone always talks about, she could be sitting on the podium, you know, for, for many years. Uh, you look at uh, uh, who's another one? Laura Horvat. Um when you see that, and then you went out to Rogue, was it the rope climb? Which There was an event where you took last place, right? Was there an event you did po really poorly on? The running one. <laughs> was, it, was it the running one? She, yeah, she had. She was the only one she was last place in was the running one. But she had the rope climb one you're thinking about, the dual two. She was 19th. And then the one with all the ring muscle up, she was also 19th. So obviously you're young. And so you can be like, you have that to lean on. Like, Hey man, I'm so much younger than these guys. I've had so many fewer reps than them. I've had so much uh, less experience, but when you see this and you start seeing your holes, um, how, are you already thinking about addressing them? Like, Hey, I, I have, you know, four years to address this until I'm 20. Like, Oh my goodness. I need to uh, start being a triathlete. Um, <laughs> Or does Jacob? Oh, you you got muted or something? Maybe your hands over the microphone. Can you go. hear me now? Yes, beautiful. Oh, okay. Well, immediately after Rogue, I actually made a list like on my phone of like all the things that I took away from Rogue and like wanted to work on. And basically, like a couple like a week later after I had taken time off, I like showed it to Jacob and was like, "Okay, we're fixing all of these before." like semis and before the season starts. So yeah, I definitely noticed those holes and wanted to fix, like I knew they were there and um, I knew I hadn't really worked on them since the games because of just taking time off and starting school and being busy and um, just such a short amount of time from the games to Rogue. So I knew I hadn't really fixed them and I knew they were there, but then after Rogue, I feel like I was kind of like more motivated to like, okay, that was embarrassing. We're fixing these now so that they're not a problem anymore. So you do do that. So Jacob doesn't even have to tell you, he doesn't have to pull you aside and be like, yo, you don't, have, you have the hard talk with yourself. Oh yeah. I know. I was like, yeah, I made the list myself and showed him was like, we're doing this and he's I mean, fine with it. Cause it's everything he's good at. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how about, um, uh, reaching out to someone like a, a specialist in the field, like Hinshaw, will you do, is, is that something that's on your, on your list? Okay. Reach out to someone like Chris. I mean, I'm sure he would, 
kill to work with you. Yeah. I mean, we've, I've worked with him once before. So that's something we did. Um, like a little, like probably right before, um, like the summer last year, like in April or something. Um, we worked with him a little bit. So I have some like insight from that and like advice and like stuff that he gave me that I worked on a lot during the summer for running. And so I saw a bunch of improvements during the summer. Um, but yeah, we could definitely reach out to him again or get like some professional like insight into helping my running. What about doing something um, th- th- completely unorthodox? What about joining the track team or the cross country team at your high school? I actually like, like, like Fraser did. I just get your shit really humbled. Thought about this this year. Like I wanted to join cross country and the swim team. Wow. Um, wow. And I almost did it, but I just I think that I don't know why I didn't. To be honest, but. I think that like it would just take up too much time that I like I know the cross country team practices after school and after school I go to the gym so I guess it would just have to be um, a conversation of like if the time that it's cutting out of my like CrossFit time is like worth it for if it fixes the weaknesses I'd love it if you join the track team and Jacob goes out there and gets into a scuffle with uh, some of the coaches. What are you doing? Don't talk to her like that. What are you doing? No, she's not running that. <laughs> no, yeah. I used to do track in middle school, but it's kind of like right during like the open and all that. So, like it's in the spring. So it's like during all the qualifiers. So I can't really do it now. But well, you're going to have another year. You still have your senior year. I know, but also, uh... also, like, for my school, if we do a sport, then, like, like, if I wanted to do the whole half-day thing, um, if we do a sport, then you have to, like, have be in a certain number of classes, so Uh, I wouldn't be able to do that. Cooking? Sewing? (laughs) Yeah, I wish. Free, free read, free reading? Uh... I heard um, you were on uh, Talking Elite Fitness. This is a great story, and, and it, it's kind of a funny story, but I want to talk about it like it's serious because I'm curious how important it was to you. Uh, Jacob offered you – I think you were 12 years old, and he offered you $500 if you didn't complain for a whole month. And uh, on the 30th day, he gave you like one of the – he picked your two worst movements. I forget what it was, running and maybe – I don't know what the other one was. And he – to try to get you to complain and you didn't complain and you made it the whole 30 days. Did that actually work? Is that story true? And did that actually work? So you stopped complaining from there on out? Um, yeah, that story is true. He made me do like the double under mile. So we had to do like 35 or 50 or something double unders, like every minute on the minute until you like run a mile. So you run with your rope. Yeah. And do like double unders on the track. But yeah, that those at the time, those were like my two least favorite movements. Like I was terrible at both of them. So that's what he was trying to get me to complain, but I didn't do it. But yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like for a while after it, I didn't complain. 
just because I was like so used to like not. But now he makes he always jokes that he needs to like make that bet again because I complain too much now. Is it so gonna I be? I guess f- it didn't stick this whole time. It would be five thousand dollars now, Tom. Yeah, you gotta up it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> The real question is, how much yeah. does Jacob complain? Yeah, I feel like he complains too, but <laughs> I'm the only one that gets hate for it. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's always wonderful seeing you. What a what a shining light and, and great asset you are to uh, the CrossFit community. Th- thanks for being you. Uh, thanks for uh, letting us take a peek at your life and letting us talk to you at uh, 9 a.m. on your vacation. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, we'll you see. Know, you. It's, not, it's not easy to do. That was a very fast 45 minutes. Olivia, you did great. It's nice to have you here, and I'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Good luck at Wadapalooza. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no Wadapalooza questions. I didn't even get to that. I mean, seriously, it was, uh, <laughs> could, could have had it on for twice as long. She's very easy to talk to. Um, Brian, she, you think she's going to be able to uh, fill those holes? And, you know, by the time we're 20, we're looking at like a top five. Uh, finisher every year maybe i think that she you know she's right on the money like she's got to balance a lot of stuff right now you know when you're in high school there are certain things that you have to set aside time for and when you want to pursue the crossfit games like this same thing (laughs) like you there's not a lot of room for error so i think if she's able to i think that maybe the best case scenario for her to achieve that would be to finish school as soon as possible to open up some time for her and then she needs to, I think, probably make the commitment to, you know, a few months of a swimming cycle or running cycle that is taking a little bit of the time away from the barbell. And, uh, and you know, I also think that a little bit of a focus on the upper body pulling for gymnastics, just looking at especially the workouts, you know, from Rogue that she struggled with. Um, it was the muscle-ups on the log, 18th, rope climb, legless rope climb, 19th, ring muscle-ups, 19th. Um, and then snatch and press with the strict handstand pushups 18th. So gymnastics needs to be right up there uh, alongside the conditioning. I think we know that she's going to crush the barbell. Uh, so basically we have, we have two, two years to see. Well, if you said by 20, I mean, the other thing that's challenging and it's not, there's no, uh, point in shying away from it is in your way is Emma Lawson, Emma Carey, Mal O'Brien, Haley Adams, Gabby McGowell, Laura Horvat. You know, they're increasingly getting older between 17 and 25 years old. But by the time she's 17, the oldest of those will still be Laura Horvat at 29. And there's no reason to think that any of those women won't continue to be threats to the podium, you know, over the next five years. Right. Uh, All that being said, her room, her glass ceiling theoretically is further away than all of those girls uh i i I think so um but you know i'm not really sure it's still in my mind that if Haley adams is committed to her strength this year and for two more years that by 2027 she might be the one to beat that's not out of the realm of possibility for me because she's so good at all the other stuff the problem is if she does that and she gets stronger will she still be that good at those things and same question for Olivia. Like, will she still be able to win heavy grace when she's running, you know, a, a five thirty mile? I'm not sure. Um, would you, um, if you had, if you were an athlete, would you rather be in Olivia's situation where you need to work on your running, or Haley Adams need to work on your strength? 
Uh, Olivia, I think, it, you know, I don't know that this is exact, exactly accurate, but I think it's Ben Bergeron, and maybe he wasn't the first to say it, but he was the first I heard say it, that he said, you want to improve um, your cardio, give me six months. You want to improve your strength by the same margin, I need six years. Wow. Okay. And, and, what, and where do you fall on the um, uh, genetics versus the uh, training? I think genetics is a factor for sure. I mean, look, you know, the, uh, if you were to look look up her sister, you'll see she's, a, you know, a, 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 when she was competing, she's very uh, skinny relative to what Olivia is. And they're, you know, they both had some success. Her sister was third place, I think, at the games in her best year. Obviously, Olivia's won it, but the things they were excelling at were a little bit different. Hmm. All right. And they were from the same family. So, you know, just because right. you're from the same family doesn't mean you're going to get the same genes. But that's a good example of where the body type, someone who's got a thicker bone structure compared to a thinner or longer muscles compared to shorter, is going to have an inherent advantage on certain things. There's nothing that can, that can uh, I don't think that you're genetically a hard worker, though. And I think anyone can be a hard worker. Right. Uh, 2027, I know. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Spencer, what's up, dude? What's going on, guys? How are you? Awesome. Great to see you. You too. I uh, I cleaned my office last night and uh, listened to endless interviews of you. So I feel like <laughs> I I spent the whole uh, evening with you, and now here you are. Right. On. I want to I want to start with this post uh, that um, your brother made that is just absolutely brilliant. I watched it like ten times. Um, will you pull that up, uh, Mr. Beaver? It's with uh, you and Saxon and Scott uh, fooling around with the worm. Where where are you in this? Which one are you? Um, I'm, I'm at the front. Yeah. Okay. This, so this is uh 2016. This is nuts. <laughs> Where are you? Th- is that you in the middle? Or I'm, the back? I'm in the middle. <laughs> oh, I thank least, God. I at least, I at least made it underneath. And <laughs> 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 just saying Scott should have been facing the other way. <laughs> Okay. This is wild. And then that's you in the front here. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me ask you this quick question about the um, worm. Are there rules to it? By the way, do you all have to be facing the same way? I have no idea. I've, I've actually, I've done team before, and I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a really good question. I think, yes. I think Scott was just doing that because he's like, I know one of these idiots is going to mess it up, and I, I want to make sure I see it. <laughs> uh, tell me about that. Uh, tell me, can you go back to 2016? Do you remember that day? Oh, I do. So can you can you walk us through no details, too small? So who's like, this worm's just sitting over at uh, in, in Scott's gym, and he's like, come on, boys, let's go, let's go fool around with this thing? Yeah, that was actually Scott ordered it, and – uh, he's like, all right, we got to hit a couple workouts on it. And we, I think I'm pretty sure we've been on it before. Um, but uh, he's like, uh, he just put us in different spots. He's like, all right, pick it up. <laughs> and and that, that's when everybody's facing a different direction. But it was just like, no instructions. It was just like, pick it up. <laughs> it, is, and, and then in 2022, it's just, it's a whole different game four years later. Yeah, yeah. He's older and weaker, and you two are stronger and smarter. I, I, I wouldn't say he's weaker. <laughs> no, he's not, huh? <laughs> that man's still strong. 
is, is this the first time you guys are on the same team together? No. Uh, no, we've done Waterpalooza on team before. Twi- at least twice. Yeah. And- I remember I was there in 2017 watching you guys, and I was extremely impressed. I think if I think you guys all snatched 275. Two two eighty five. Two eighty five. Two eighty five. Because I was it like, was crazy. <laughs> that was such a fun event. <laughs> um, whose idea was it this year to go uh, all as a team together? And um, tell tell me how that works. Are you guys all in? Do you guys all say yes right away, or do do some of you be like, ah, I don't know? Um. Well, Scott and I talked about it, and Saxon went, and he was competing, and. Um, unfortunately Saxon's not coming down with us this year. So we're in the process of finding another teammate. He was just, uh, just from traveling and stuff. He just wants to kind of focus on the year. So, um, we're, we're, uh, accepting resumes for, uh, for a third teammate. <laughs> so, so he's injured, but you're not allowed to talk about it. No, he's not injured. Okay. okay. <laughs> he's not injured. Uh, what, so one quick thing before we dig into that, um, what a cool, event Wadapalooza is that you can do that there's probably so many events that wouldn't allow you to do that and Wadapalooza has been notorious for uh to just allow people to come in last minute to make changes because at the end of the day it's about just going down there and competing yeah i think Wadapalooza. i think it's it's a really big platform but it's definitely more of the uh it's a, it's a more relaxed competition but it's still competitive because athletes are just going down there and and just having fun when Saxon, um, are, are you guys on a three-way when he tells you, or does he text you? How, how do you find out that he's, he's thinking about not doing it? He talked to Scott, and then uh, I sent him a message. and Because uh, he was up for Christmas, and we did like some of that team stuff. And um, he drove up from Tennessee, and I think by the time he got back, he was just kind of smoked from, from the trip. And he went to uh, – he competed in Australia on a team, and then Rogue. And um, I think he just really wants an off-season. And, and he, he has two kids. Yeah, he has two twin girls. Yeah, crazy. Um, and, and and when he tells you that, do you guys try to talk him into it? Like, hey, buddy, don't worry. We'll We're just still go trying easy. to talk him into oh, it. Oh, you are oh, okay. <laughs> good, good. I like it. I like it. Um, what what any candidates uh for the third third wheel? I, it's kind of late. We're just we're struggling finding finding anybody. We reached out to a couple people and um. I know some people are going individual, some are going team, some are doing both. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's just where, where to start. I'm in pretty yeah. good shape right now. Let's do it. Brian. <laughs> wow. And does that stress you out at all about that? A little bit. Cause I really want to, <clears throat> um, I definitely want to get down there and, uh, compete with Scott. I, I know, uh, who knows when he's going to stop competing. <laughs> he always says he is and that he just keeps going. So um, anytime I get a chance to get on the floor with him, I, I really want to do that. Um, has your, not that you, you and Scott, not that there's any signs or I didn't see anything where you and Scott had a falling out at all, but I'm just like in all relationships, you know, there's ebb and flows. Have you kind of rekindled? I kind of get this impression from listening to some of your interviews that you've rekindled, you and your brother have rekindled your love for each other. You're spending your training with them once a day and that you're, you, you guys are starting to really bond again. Yeah. It's just brothers. And, um, we went and opened up an, a, a, uh, affiliate Saxon and I, and, we did that for a few years and ran into a few issues with our landlord and wouldn't renew our lease and uh, ended up just kind of shifting our focus just on competing right now. 
Sachs moved to Tennessee. So I was just kind of up here and training alone. And it, it gave me a chance to really kind of get back and train with Scott. And again, it just kind of like rekindled my relationship with Scott. And it's just been fun since. Yeah, you're, you're loving it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and no kids, just a dog. Just a dog. <laughs> yeah, you are a smart man. You There's plenty of time, buddy. <laughs> plenty of time. Plenty and, uh, of time. Spencer, are you, uh, do you have a new coach this year? I'm working with Nick Fowler. Oh, um, Nick Fowler I worked with is a very I worked experienced with, coach. Yeah, wow. I worked with him last year going into semifinals. Um, and then I felt like I needed to kind of train with some people. And I went down and trained with some people at Mayhem going into the games. And then um, I ended up kind of stepping back. And really, uh, I just wanted to focus on myself and make sure I'm doing everything that I need uh, for myself personally. And um I ended up talking to Nick and we decided to kind of pick up where we left off and go into the new year training together. Is it lonely training at mayhem when you're, when you're the new guy? No, I don't, I don't know if there's always somebody new coming in. (laughs) Right. I, the reason why I say that is I was watching a video yesterday with, uh, uh, rich and, uh, Tyler Christopher working out and I saw just Roman in the background, just working out. And it's not like you guys, you know, aren't capable of that, but I was thinking, Oh, I wonder if it's people go there thinking that they're just going to fit in and assimilate, but really, I mean, you're coming into a really tight group, knit group of people, right. With rich and Haley and Gee and Tyler and Samuel. And so it's, it's not difficult kind of meshing with the group. No, not at all. Everybody's, everybody's really welcoming. And, um, I had a chance, I I trained down there multiple times. Um, my previous coach was Facundo. So we went down there and, uh, trained a few times before. And, um, I have a really good relationship with each one of those guys down there. Why and that, that games camp also had a you know a lot of athletes that had come in and some of whom came from much much further than Spencer. I I think that the South American woman Michelle Morand was there. Uldas Upanix had come from Latvia. Lazar was in town. Yeah. So there were a lot of kind of uh, people who aren't usually there. Yeah. It just every week somebody just got somebody new kept coming in. <laughs> was that the first time you met Lazar? Um, I've met him before. I actually built up a really good relationship with him. He's uh. He's a good dude, and he's just a, a really hard worker. Was that where you guys devised the plan to skip a lap on the bike workout? Listen, I'll take that, <laughs> to, the, I'll take that to the grave. I'm convinced I didn't skip a lap. <laughs> what a what a crazy well, – I mean, in hindsight, it's so cool, but at the time, what a crazy uh, situation, right? Yeah. I mean, we were going through and. Everyone, uh, that was that was such a hard thing for me to overcome at the at the games, um, because for me as an athlete, somebody questioning my integrity—that's um, something that I just hold very. Uh, wait, wait! People were actually questioning whether you did it on purpose. Oh yeah, the amount of messages that I got and um, people's agents—that's bad shit, crazy. <laughs> people's agents were putting posts out saying that I got away with murder, and I'm like, I will not work with you. <laughs> but. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is it's, it's five laps, but not only are you under fatigue, but you're communicating and uh, anybody who says they're not drafting with other athletes and, and, and talking as they're going through every three to four minute, every lap was three to four minutes. And you're, you're constantly having a conversation with somebody. And um, again, I, I can see how it could be easy to, to lose track. But um, when I came out on, uh, when I came out going into the last, uh, was it four or five laps? Um, 
I saw Lazar in front of me and uh, we were just communicating the whole time. And I'm like, this is, this is the last lap. He's like, this is the last lap. Like, and I'm like yelling at the judges on the side. I'm like last one. And uh, I come around to the gate and I said, this is the last one. And the guy, uh, he had a flag and, and waved us in. He's like last lap and waved us in. Um, so I, I mean, I, I was, I was convinced that, that I hit all my laps. Yeah. To this day, does it feel like when you think about it, are you like, okay, I did five laps. I mean, my family was up top and they're like, I swear you did all the laps. <laughs> awesome. But I, again, I think, uh, there's, there's so many people on the, on the, on the course. And, uh, I mean, I was lapping people coming around on my last one. I'm like, there's like, there's no way like there's no way I'm lapping with somebody in, in a one mile, uh, in a one mile course. Um, but so, you were, but you but, were lapping people. Yeah, I was lapping. Which I made the counting even more fucked up. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was really difficult. And again, I think that's, um, in CrossFit, we're, uh, it's hard to have the consistency in events because we're always testing something different. So there's always going to be something new to, to take into account, um, w- when something were to come up again. But, um, like I said, I'm convinced, <laughs> I'm convinced I did all my laps, but, um, again, that was just, a uh, a wake up call for me at the CrossFit games of being able to, to just let that roll off my shoulders. And, um, for me, like I said, somebody questioned my integrity. That was just very, very difficult for me to, to process going into another event. Um, I felt like I worked and I trained really hard to, to do well in a, uh, in an endurance event. Um, so it was, like I said, it was just very difficult for me to let that roll off my shoulders. But again, there's so many events and that's going to happen. And, um, it's, it's how well can you just move past that? When you, when you came in, um, did the, when you came in, you came in first then, right? Um, no, I, Lazar, Lazar came in before me. Um, cause I'm like, I was like, let's just draft. I'm like, your lane's closer. Like, I'm fine with second, like, or I'm, or I'm, cause I, I thought we thought Yo- I'm fine with third. Cause we thought, uh, Yona, cause Yona Kossi was the only one that was in front of us. So we assumed that he was already across the finish line. Um, so we came in, I'm like, like, I'm fine. I'm fine with the third place in this workout. Um, and then like we came in and he, he rode his bike all the way to the, to the field. So as we come in and start pushing the bikes, he's pushing his bike to the, to the far lane. And I'm like, Oh man, like I'm going to, I'm going to beat him because, because he, uh, he didn't get off his bike when he was supposed to. Um, so I'm like, they're making him go to the last lane. So I'm going to take second in this workout. Uh, and actually he was, he started pushing his bike back outside of the stadium. Why? How did he know? Did someone signal him? Somebody at the end said like one more or something like that to him, I think. Oh no, that actually screwed him, right? Yeah. Because I, and I, I sprinted across the line as if like that was it. Um, so they ended up going back and taking our slowest lap and adding it on. But for him, I mean, he ended up the, the penalty affected him even more because, um, cause he went back for, a he second. went back. So he not only did he lose the time from where his lane was, but he lost the time from where his lane was. He went to the end of the stadium and then back to his lane. So not only did they take his slowest lap, but they added that time onto it as well. And when you cross the finish line, when do you, um, when do you realize, uh oh, something's not right here? I didn't see Yona, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh shit! I'm like, 
maybe he did an extra, maybe he did an extra lap and oh room. yeah okay yeah that makes sense that fucking idiot did an extra lap yeah i was like oh like he probably did a, an extra lap and then boz came over <laughs> and he's like you only you only did four and i'm like i did i did five <laughs> like i'm i swear i did five um so again i think uh I mean, for me, I definitely think the penalty. I mean, I was expecting the worst. I was expecting to just take a DNF in the in the workout. Um, so I was like, I mean, I was really, uh, I was happy with with what I got. Um, but again, I know it could have been much worse. But I think, uh, I think part of it was on CrossFit. I think part of it was on the athletes. And then uh, again, I think. Uh, realistically, I th- I I think it was a fair penalty. I think everyone will say you like you still miss the lap. Um, but I don't think, I don't think anybody was going to like, there was such a big gap between Lazar and I, and then the people behind us that I think it would have been very, very difficult for somebody to catch up. Um, but who knows anything, anything, <laughs> anything can happen. Uh, Spencer's one of the best dudes in the sport. How could anyone question his integrity? I mean, even, I, I agree, but even if you were the, uh, even the worst integrity no no one out there is going to think that they're going to get away with doing four laps on purpose and by the way everyone that's had to have happened to everyone in a workout and when you're doing it in your and when gym, i do shuttle runs i lose track and yeah. it's only 25 feet down and back it's like yeah, what, and, what point do you grab like chips or cards to count your rounds <laughs> and and the and this is um and this is these are three minute laps and like you're saying if you're taught right weren't they like three how, three it was so like there's three a rate of 330 ish so there's a lot of time to talk. Like you're saying, you're talking to other people, you're dealing with stuff. It's very easily for your mind to wander to something else and not keep track. Yeah. What would be the plan of attack next time? Um, if you could go back and do that, how would you have counted them? Is there any like pull something off your wrist or yell the number out loud as you, I, I think I would have just asked the question and I, I think that's on me. I wish I would have just asked the question to uh, during our athlete brief. Um, and I would have just said, at what point do you start grabbing chips to count your rounds in, in a workout in a gym? Um, because going back, I really don't know if there's much I could change. Like how, like how could I figure out a way to, to do that as an athlete? And when I look at it, it's like in the NFL, what, like if there's a penalty, is it like, Oh no, like you, you held me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, how do you how do you determine like what's the athlete's responsibility and then what's the judge's responsibility? Um, so again, I just think uh, I, I just wish I would have asked the question and I think there would have been uh, a solution that everybody could have came to um, because again, it just wasn't Lazar and I. People did some people did extra laps, some people did. Um, yeah, it happened in the women's laps. division. It was it was just chaotic and. I mean, I, I think it's great that you take, you know, some of the responsibility on the athletes, but there's no, for me, there's no excuse from the CrossFit Games perspective. There was nothing going on that day other than that. You had all of the access to all of the judges, all the resources that you need. Yeah. Just have one judge stay inside to count the gymnastics and one judge go outside and yell at their yeah. athlete every time they come by. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think figuring out how do you like, everybody has helmets on. It's like, everybody looks the same. It's like trying to pick somebody off while they're, while they're swimming. It's like, you're looking at like swim caps and stuff like that. And it's just, um, I think I like going back, I think there could have been like, maybe like a speedometer on, on the bikes or, um, you know, like those things that you collect. Oh, uh, odometer. Yeah. Yeah. Odometer. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, something, I think something like that, that, um, uh, could have helped the athletes. Um, but again, I think, uh, 
I, th- I think it was just a very unique test. It was a great test. Um, and I think, uh, I, th- I think there was, it, it, it's just very, very hard to plan for, I think. And, uh, I wish, I just wish an athlete would have asked the question. And again, like looking back, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I would have done different. <laughs> you know what, what about this, Brian, is this too chaotic, but why not let, um, uh, the coaches, um, stand somewhere well, it, in, in this particular sure, event was... and let them yell, you know, as your guy comes by as Scott's whoever, Scott, who did you give your coach badge to Spencer? Uh, Spencer uh, who did you, so you gave it to Scott. Okay. So th- thank you, Brian. Um, and then, so Scott could have just been yelling at you, right? One. Yeah. Quit being a pussy too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was an open course out there or not. And if, if uh, I don't think that's no, there, was, there was people that could, there was people that could, uh, cause everybody was calling me Saxon. I'm like, I'm like taking Lazar's laugh and he's like, it's Spencer. <laughs> Look at, I just called you Scott. It happens. <laughs> it goes Sax. I'm like, he's right behind you. He's coming. <laughs> I was so scared when I was making the thumbnail for this video that I was going to use the wrong, uh, I was going to use Saxon instead of you. So I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to his Instagram and I'm just <laughs> stealing pictures from there. That's funny. Hey, when does, um, I got this issue at home. I want to ask you about, uh, two of my boys are six now and one of them is eight and the fighting has really, uh, been upped, uh, lots of like, it's just nonstop wrestling, like just so much wrestling. And, um, and like, even at the dinner table there, I see some, you know, face shots or kicking under the table and they're having a blast until they're not right. When, when does that stop? When am I going to get, uh, I don't rep- think it ever stops. No, it doesn't. Oh man. <laughs> and then they, if they hurt each other, they all start crying. I'm like, listen, <laughs> like, well, how did you think this was going to end? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it ever stops. I think it, <laughs> it only escalates. Changes. Yeah great uh any advice for me i i just take them out to the garage and make them run on the treadmill when i can't handle it there you go make it uh, a, a little fitness challenge <laughs> yeah All you're right. gonna keep running here until none of you are crying anymore yeah right right basically <laughs> that's basically. The stuff our dad would do <laughs> yeah basically I, I i have this game that i have them play that's pretty cool i feel like it's pretty manipulative i stand them in a triangle and i have them throw a ball at each other and if anyone drops the ball they all do a burpee Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and that, that usually will buy me like 30 minutes of like, because it's raining here and we can't we, for like five days straight and we can't go outside. Outside, it's all good. Inside, it's just WWF. Yeah. It's just nuts. I mean, I remember, I mean, Scott, uh, he, I mean, I remember him coming home from, from college and we're throwing wrestling mats out in the driveway and we're just letting it roll. <laughs> Would that scare your mom? <laughs> um. <laughs> No, I think she's been through enough that she's just like, ah, okay, like they're fine. Just let them have it out. <laughs> I mean, Southern, was- is it a is it a two on one over there? No, it, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even, whoever's it doesn't even matter. You would think that the twins would team up on the older brother. It's not like that at all. I mean, there's Obviously, four, there's beat- five boys. So, <laughs> oh, with you, there's five. Yeah, there's five boys. So, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember the day that I pinned at least everybody once, and then I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's um. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no. no, there's just some dude just eating a sandwich at the table. Another dude just comes by and slaps him in the face. And then yeah. it's just on. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> My wife blames me. She's like, this is the culture you built. 
Um, let's go back to this, uh, switching coaches. Are you looking for a home? Like, would you like to be settled? Would you like to like do the next, like, do you have a dream situation or anything that's realistic where you'd like to just be somewhere for like six years, the next six years or 10 years? I mean, right now I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with, uh, with what I'm doing. And, um, for me, I, I, I really enjoy having a coach that's working with few athletes and, um, a lot of that focus can kind of be on me and it, it doesn't really, uh, I, I think it's really easy to get diluted. Um, especially with like, uh, a lot of like training camps and stuff. I think, uh, cause at the end of the day, there's so many athletes and there's so many hours in a day. It's how can you give each person what they need? Um, and I think it's, it's really important to find a coach that's going to give you the focus that you need. And, for me, that was something that I was like really seeking out, uh, where it's, Hey, here's your splits. You need to hit these. And like, these are the times it's, um, I, I was listening to Danielle Brandon talk about that, about how, when she was at the underdogs athletics, it was kind of one size fits all. And now she's with Matt Torres and, you know, they just train two people at a time. Yeah. It's her and Dallin. So obviously hers is going to be different. <clears throat> and she was saying the same thing, like, Hey, I, I really, I'm flourishing under individual attention. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I think, uh, I mean, a sport is, I mean, it's still evolving and I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a perfect formula yet. Um, but I know that it's requiring, re- requiring more and more hours of training. And um, I mean, Saxon was up training and I'm like, man, he's training. Like he's doing a lot of training too. Um, and like, I look at like some of the stuff that Scott's doing and I think, it's, it's so important while you're at a young, younger age to, to be able to, to build up as much fitness, because as you get older, um, obviously recovery becomes more of a priority. And I think it's kind of getting ahead of the game. And then, uh, as you develop all these skills and, uh, strength, it's, it's going to kind of carry with you as you get older. And I think that's how you build longevity in the sport. When you, uh, when you look at what Scott's doing compared to what you guys are doing, would you say that, you guys are investing a similar amount of time in the day towards trying to optimize your fitness, but what you're doing has, that's what shifted for him. Yeah. I mean, he looks at what I'm doing. He's like, dude, you're crazy. (laughs) Um, but again, I think, uh, I I think the sport's evolving so much that it's, it's, it's just demanding so much more from the athletes. And, uh, for him, uh, he's 35 now. And I, I think in order for him to be able to continue in the sport, it's, it's putting more of that focus on, I mean, it's, it's, it's re- re- really, it's going back to the roots of CrossFit and it's, um, the hours you have in the gym, like you're putting everything you have into it. It's, um, a lot of high intensity stuff where, um, a lot of stuff that I'm doing, it's, you see more of like linear progressions and, um, you're, you're doing a lot, like you're going through different building blocks where somebody like Scott, he's, I mean, he's fit year round. Um, but it's a more balanced training. Um, so for him to be able to go and step on a competition floor any time of year, like he's good to do that where you have some of these athletes that, um, they're trying to develop skills that they, they really need to work on, but they spent the last like four to six weeks doing a block of, of just really putting a lot of focus on that. And, um, that's, that's their focus. And, um, they know they're not maybe ready to compete necessarily. Um, but I think they're, they're trying to, to peak for the right time. So you're training, 
the other Go times ahead, where you guys maybe will you know train together for 90 <laughs> minutes and then you'll be like yeah hey, you know i got this this strength progression i gotta work on he's like great i'll be over here foam rolling <laughs> yeah yeah i mean when saxon was up here that was kind of like what we did um and for scott it's just like i'm gonna go do a cardio session now <laughs> um, so, so you're training more than him you're doing, putting in more time I'm do- i don't want to say more time i'm more time in the gym he's putting more time in doing recovery and um focusing on the stuff that he needs in order to 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 stay competitive in the sport it still might be you know seven hours of invested time towards your fitness but you might be spending five in the gym and two on the side and he might be doing four in the gym and three on the side or something. yeah exactly what do you think about what um ariel lowen's doing she takes the classes at a crossfit affiliate and then and then makes it she gets the workouts a week in advance and then makes her other workouts around the movements that she didn't get in the CrossFit class. It seems like, I mean, that's pretty, are you impressed by that? Or are you like, Holy shit. I mean, that's impressive. <laughs> I mean, it that is, would be, right. That would be hard for me. Um, and I think, again, I think where the sport's going, it's very difficult um, with, with how much attention goes into programming. And I understand uh, from, from owning an affiliate with, uh, from a programming standpoint. And that was just, a workout, a strength, and um, maybe a skill a day, um, and that was just hours of hours, uh, hours a day of of, of just programming. And uh, I look at kind of like what I'm doing now and how much more time actually goes into that. And um, becoming a coach, it's it's very demanding. And if if you can take that stress off an athlete, I think that's going to help the athlete a lot more. And um, I think I think there's that those hours can be spent in other places. And I think for an athlete, um, it's just, it's time management of how you can maximize your time at, at getting better. How did you pick Nick? I worked with, like I said, I worked with him last year. Um, Scott recommended him to me. Uh, um, I know he talked to uh, a few of his athletes before. I know Jacob uh, Hepner worked with him and, um, Scott was like, this is, this is a good guy. This is, this is, this is somebody that I think will be uh, a good fit for you. Uh, a lot of the athletes he works with have, have built up really good aerobic capacities. And um, for me, it was a lot of stuff that I really needed to work on. And um, after working with him, we just built up a, a really good relationship and uh, I'm really enjoying it right now. I think he, he lives out West somewhere. Is that Yeah. Right? He's in Salt Lake city. When the new season format came out, did you give any thought to maybe re- relocating West, knowing that there's you know going to be an East and a West, and maybe being proximity to him? Was that a conversation you guys had at all? Uh, no, I enjoy being around family, and um, I spent some time uh, down in Tennessee. And uh, f- for me, I just like that's my family's what really kind of drives me, and I just I enjoy being around them and. For me, I think it it would it would hurt my performance a little bit more than help it. Um, Spencer, is your body composition still changing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I started working with uh, Mike from M two, and um, that was something that I, I I decided to do this year is put on a little bit more size. Um, yeah, you look bigger. You look like you're turning <laughs> into your brother. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I increased my calories, uh, sacks and I, I just think we have such high metabolisms and, um, I mean, we're consuming 6,000 plus calories and I mean, it's kind of the off season right now still. Um, but I, I think like taking a step back, I'm like, man, I was very, very under fueled last year and like I was tired and, 
um, kind of going through the motions in a sense. And, and this year, I feel like I, like I'm at the point where I'm putting size on. I'm taking all my fitness with me. And um, like I have so much more energy. I feel like it's just so hard to leave the gym. I never, I never put too much stock into the the athletes' weights that are recorded because they're not actually weighing you guys, so we don't really know. It's just whatever you choose to report. But I think that for the majority of your careers, you guys have been competing about ten pounds lighter than most of the other, other games athletes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I mean, just looking at the stats, you can look at. Uh, I mean, in order to, I mean, based off past guys that have won the games, you're looking at guys that are five about five, seven to five, eight and 190 to 200 pounds. Um, and for me, I, I mean, I, I, I fit the height. It's just, it's putting the weight on. Um, and I think, I think that weight will carry into a lot more like strongman stuff. And, um, I look at a lot of my gymnastic skills and I think, I think that's kind of, um, those are movements that I'm, I'm pretty good at. Um, but I think just kind of playing with the weight and not putting it on too fast, but if I can take those gymnastic skills with me, um, I think with where it can help out with a lot of like my weightlifting and strongman stuff, I think it can really help me as an athlete. I, I heard someone say recently that when you show up at the games or you want to compete at the highest level, that it is also important that when you show up to the games, you show up as the very absolute leanest version of yourself that can still compete. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um. I think you need to go in a little bit heavier because it's going to be so hard to consume the amount of calories that you need to over the course of the weekend. And I think if, if you go in under fueled and lean, I think by Sunday, I think you're just going to be just spent. What, that's just my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, a, and I think that's alone. more of the Matt Fraser school. That's been, I think that was the Matt Fraser school of thought too, right? <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, but Savan, you've told story from I think 2011 where you were standing next to Greg and he saw Annie Sakamoto walk out and he goes, "She's too skinny. She's not going to do well this year." Like immediately, yeah, too, he knew too it. lean. Yeah, yeah. I think like I there's I mean nutrition is such a um, I just wish I would have dove into it more because I'm like oh, I'm just going to keep eating. I'm going to keep eating, and uh, I think having that balance of your macros and uh, just to just to chart it down and, and just make sure you're consuming enough because it's um, when you're eating such clean food, the amount of food you actually have to eat, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Is it hard? Really hard. Cause I'm, I'm the type of person I don't like to eat a ton of candy to, to get my calories. I'd rather just keep it like, for me, I want to make sure I know I'm doing everything right. And I don't want to put something in my body that I feel like can hurt me. And, uh, so, so for me, it, like I'm definitely consuming a, a lot more food, <laughs> What are your what are your go to junk foods like rice and potatoes? And I, I say that joking around when I say junk food. But what are your go to like? Hey, I need to like, I need fast fast fuel. Yeah, uh, baby food. Uh, during the day, I do a lot of like dried fruit and applesauce, um, and uh, I'll do like body armor stuff like that. Um, and then like for like my carbs and stuff, it's just a ton of oatmeal and rice. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. And do, and do you not? I heard you also say you don't like to work out with a full stomach at all. I, I mean, I who don't. does, right? I don't. Hey, can that happen at the games? Can that happen at the games where you eat at the? Have you ever done that at the or, or at the semifinals or at the quarterfinals or where it's like, oh shit, I have too much food in me? No, I think um, the problem is is you're going from event to event so fast that it's just 
I mean, you're, you're kind of eating stuff that's just very easy to digest. And then come nighttime, it's just force feeding yourself. Do you feel when you're, when you were at the games this year or when you're in these long events that you're just this calorie burning machine, like you're like, I just ate this bar and it's gone. Like you literally just feel your body just like, just, yeah, I mean, just I wouldn't nuke it. I went into the game so underfueled this year. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like I look back and I'm like, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, but don't be, I mean, I don't think be too hard on yourself. You know, it's, those are some of the things that you have to learn. And it's, yeah. there's a variety of different reasons why people struggle in their first or two years at the games relative to what their perceived expectation is yeah. and getting the nutrition right is tough. Yeah. And that's it, it. Like I'm still kind of figuring it out and uh, I've adjusted my, my numbers uh, a lot, but I finally feel like I'm kind of at a point that I'm like, okay, like this, these are, these are good numbers. Um, I'm keeping weight on and, um, I'm able to take a lot of like my gymnastics and stuff with me, but what is, what is the breakdown? Do you know offhand? Like, is, is there some carb fat, uh, protein, uh, right ratio? Now, uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly what the ratio is. Like my carbs are like 750 to 800. Um, I think my fats are like 135. Um, and then my proteins like 260, something like that, give or take some numbers. <laughs> um, when you go into, uh, are you doing, when you do Wadapalooza this year, will you just do teams or will you do individual also? Um, we'll <laughs> see if we can find a teammate. I mean, I'd really like to go team. I really want to, um, I want to compete with Scott and, uh, I might I have someone for you, Spencer. I'll talk after this. Perfect. <laughs> um, I thought about going individual. Um, that's still something I'm kind of talking with uh, my coach about. Um, but again, like we were going through like some progressions and stuff and um, really kind of focusing on the year, but going down and uh, having some fun and uh, building some memories with, with my brother. So um, we'll kind of see where it goes. Um, why wouldn't you do both just because you don't want to, because it would influence your, um, your capabilities in the team competition the last two days. Yeah. I think, uh, Scott's Scott was only doing, uh, team. And I think, uh, like, I don't, I think that would be kind of messed up to go down and, and do both where he's kind of like, I mean, he's been, he's been training hard <laughs> because he was so excited to go, uh, to go team. And, um, like, I want to make sure I can give it my all is for the, for the team. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, how, how how's the uncle life? Are you I love it? it. I love it. <laughs> uncle life is the best. You get to spend time with them. When you're done with them, you're like, here you go, back to I, your parents. <laughs> I just got over a cold because I was like, uh, I was at my parents for Christmas, and everybody's like sick, and they're like, ah, like just jumping all over me. And <laughs> but I love it. It's awesome. How how old how old's your oldest niece or nephew? Um, she is, I mean, there's so many, she's 10. It's okay. So they know you, you're, are, are, you're, so you're the cool uncle. Yeah. I'm the cool uncle. I'm the funkle. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. How many are there? There's Scott just had one. So, uh, eight, eight. Wow. And, and you got to spend your family with all of them. Yeah. Oh, that's a good life. Yeah, it's awesome. I love getting them all together. And my parents um, love it even more. <laughs> so this last year was your first year going to the CrossFit Games. And how old are you? 26. When when Saxon went um, before you, did you did that fuel the fire or did you ever feel the dream? Let me go back a second. I, I remember seeing you in Carson. 
Yeah. And and um, you were just the two guys who would pull up in the car with your parents. You'd be the two <laughs> little kids in the car, and um, Scott would at night. Scott would I would walk Scott to the car and try to get some behind the scenes stuff, and I would see you guys, and I'd be like, "Holy crap, it's two little mini me's." <laughs> um, did you? When did you know that um, you would go to the games? Like, did you remember ever sitting up and uh, sitting in bed at night or out on the track running and be like, "Holy shit, I'm going to go to the games." I've always said it. And I mean, I wasn't going to stop until I did it. Um, and I think this year, um, Saxon moving away was kind of a blessing because it allowed us to each focus on ourselves. Um, I think just being brothers, it's, it's very difficult because you want to see the other one succeed. And sometimes it's at your own cost. Um, and I think now that each one of us kind of went a separate way and we're doing our own programming, it's, it's like, okay, like each one of us can just, we, we ha- each one of us have a team around us and we can each focus on what we need to do in order to be as successful as we can in the sport. And, and really the vision is all of us being at the games on the floor. And, um, it's, it's, it's holding that vision, not, um, not us at, at the end of the day, we're still going to help each other get there. But, um, like the memory will be us like kind of walking off the floor, floor together at the games. Did the dream ever dim? Did, has it ever crept in? Like, okay, I'm just going to be a coach. No. <laughs> no, it's never, it doesn't dim. No. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Have, have you ever heard it dim for any of your brothers? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think, uh, I think Scott set the bar high. And uh, for me, I'm like, dude, keep going. Like, keep going. <laughs> because for me, it's like, okay. I still have another nine years that I can keep competing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I'm like, he, like, I mean, again, as brothers, it's just somebody's always setting the bar higher, and it's like, okay, how can I outdo you? <laughs> uh, you go to the games this year, and you um, have to deal with uh, Adrian Bosman. Uh, has that changed your training? And, and what have you seen change just basically in people's training uh, in the landscape, in, in the uh, elite division landscape? I mean, I think a lot of the gymnastics, um, obviously, I think you're starting to see a lot more uh, complex gymnastics movements. Um, but I think it's it's a, it's it's just paying attention to to the roots of CrossFit. And um, a lot of new movements that you'll see pop up at the games or on main site or in the CrossFit Journal at some point. And um, I think uh, especially with athletes that are uh, that have coaches, I think it's it's really easy to kind of steer away from the basics and uh, paying attention to that, that kind of stuff. And um, I think as an athlete, like you need to, like you need to do your work outside of competing and uh, training. And again, training is going online and watching videos and what's new, how to do this and having a coach. It's, it's important, but um, I think, I think there's a lot of stuff that really falls on the athletes is as well. And it's um, it's like watching film. Are, are there any skills you practice that you know will never be in the games, like like <laughs> like like slack line or, or something like that? Um, I mean, I'll play with some stuff, but who knows? <laughs> who knows if it'll ever be at the games or not? I think you know the slack lines is a good example. <clears throat> you're, you're developing skills that might not be tested specifically, but could have a translation to a little bit more accuracy or balance coordination with any number of things. Yeah, it's like um, it's like when they. Thank did. you, Brian. <laughs> I thought Spencer was blowing me off with that. Thank you, Brian. No, I think Thank I you. mean you look at like when they were going across like the wet logs at the uh, at the obstacle course, um, but I think 
I think if you can develop that balance going through different things, um, I think, I think those skills all add up over time. It's like rock climbing. You'll probably never see rock climbing at the games, but how does it, how does it help you with other stuff? What about, so what about these, these, uh, things that have popped up? <coughs> Not so much the pegboard. I, I know you're good at the pegboard, but like this crossover or this, um, L sit on the parallettes to uh, handstand are these things that like everyone knows, like if a, if a games athlete shows up next year and they can't do those, is it like, man, that's all on you? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely on the athlete. Um, I mean, I think there was, I look at like the crossover ones. I think it was just the, uh, I think it was just the the basics. And I think, I mean, I snagged on a single under and it's just like, like that, uh, there's, there's no worse shot to your ego than snagging on a single under. <laughs> it's worse than snagging on a double under. <laughs> um, you know that 90% of your affiliate would have hit those 75 single my unders. Dad said it. My dad's 65 <laughs> years old and was like, I would <laughs> give me those. <laughs> um, but again, I think uh, like going back, I look at that and I'm like, I'm like, that was an experience thing for me. It's like, what, what the heck am I practicing crossovers in the back for? If I make it to the crossovers, I'm top five in the event. You know, I'll figure it out on the floor. And only two people got off them. Um, and again, it's just banking on your fitness to to carry you the the rest of the way. But some of these skills you're not going to learn instantly, and it's gonna it's gonna take time. Um, like I look at uh, at Waterpalooza, they're doing those uh, handstand holds on parallettes, and I kicked up instantly, and I'm like, what the heck? These are hard. Um, but it's just having a few minutes and, and playing on it. And once you what do you think going, about the fact that Wadapalooza announced that, you know, 10 days early compared to the games announcing, you know, five new movements in the skill speed medley 24 hours beforehand? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Wadapalooza doing it. I think, uh, I mean, I think that's smart for them, uh, them for sure, because you don't want the last thing you want to do is have everybody get out there and tie. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> But I think I think there's a fine line with a lot of it. Like I think with the with the double under crossovers, it's like, okay, am I going to use in order to move fast on double unders? You're starting to see people their jump ropes are coming up to their hips, so they're on a super short rope, and good luck trying to cross over with that. Um, so I think it's it's I, I think there's a, a fine line with it with making sure you have the the right equipment with you. Um, so yes, it's playing with them, but not overdoing it. Do you, do you think that in particular you as an athlete have an advantage getting information closer to the time that it needs to be done if it's something new or would you prefer the the week plus notice? I like it. I like everything on the fly personally because it's everybody's on the same playing field. When now when you're doing it like a week before it's everybody's going through their deloads or their tapers and it's like okay, am I going to test this workout or am I going to just trust my fitness when I get out there? <laughs> Um, so it kind of, and takes how's that it going to feel question. in the middle of a competition after a heavy lift? And do I want to simulate that yeah. now or just wait and see? Yeah. It's like, and then you're like, okay, that hurt. <laughs> like, I don't want, like, I know I'm going to get out on the floor and it's going to hurt again. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather just hurt one time. <laughs> um, Spencer, do you journal? Do you write stuff down? Like how, how uh, it sounds like from the interviews I listened to you uh, yesterday that you do see a life after competing that involves uh, still being involved in the sport. Yeah. Um, are, are you journaling? Yeah, I do actually after each event and um, it gives me a, a chance to just kind of sit down and put my thoughts on paper. 
literally at the games after each event you'll journal a little bit oh no 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 like once oh. the event's done oh okay <laughs> after the competition after the competition and, and what about training what about like um things like uh you know um like you know you've done enough burpees and, and you and you spot something you're like oh i can actually swing my hands down and throw my body down faster or as you come up with these things that just seem they're so they're nuanced, but you realize I've been doing burpees for three years before I thought of that. Do you write that stuff down? Are you preparing? I yeah. get, I got the, I got the, when someone brought up coaching in the future, I, I felt like I heard a little pep in your step. Like you were, ex, part of you is excited for your career to come to an end, you know, in another 10 years, <laughs> because you do want to, you do want to share everything that you're learning. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there's such an important, uh, aspect, uh, to writing everything down and, like I, I remember opening, I like I still open up books from when I first started CrossFit. I'm like looking at times and notes. And I'm like, oh my goodness! Like I remember doing toes the bar where I'm I'm grabbing the bar here and my 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 feet are coming on the outside of them. <laughs> and Scott's like, what the heck are you doing? And I'm like, 13 years old. Hey, that's like, like the guy in college who puts his mouth over the whole bong. It's like, dude. <laughs> What are you doing? But you let him, you watch him do it two or three times before you tell him so everyone can laugh. But uh, yeah, no, I, I have uh, I have two different journals and uh, one's kind of like a competition log and one's like uh, more of a training log and different things that I've learned and different pieces of equipment that I've been on, like getting on the, uh, like the P-bars that are wooden versus the P-bars that are metal. One has more give and um, like as you kick up, like you need to be ready for like that, like that kind of shock where, um, you get on the metal ones and you're not going to feel like that, be- that bend in that bar. Um, but again, it's I think like there's training a, little... a short barbell compared to a, a long yeah, like, a short, like a short, like everybody at Wadapalooza last year on the short bar, nobody, <laughs> nobody could get their elbows through. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> um, we, 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 we talk about the, um, the medley workout quite a bit, but uh, the rogue, I mean, that's what Rogue is just notorious for. I mean, they had that bar muscle up log thing. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. How cool was that? I thought that was awesome. That was such a cool. Uh, and it was funny because I actually told Scott weeks before. I'm like, everybody, because he's like, he's always on. Everybody's throwing their grips over the bar, but he, he can't do it. So that's why he he's like, I'm going I'm to tell him they can't do that anymore. Like, it's going to go away at some point. And I'm like, you just can't do it. So you're going to you're going to take everybody else out with you. Um, oh, what do you mean like the hand grips people like put them people up. Will, like throw them over the bar rather like you see it like travis mayer scott like a lot of like the ogs will put their fingers in him um but like he's like everybody's getting an advantage for throwing their grips over the bar which i don't know i think it's i have mixed feelings about it i think uh i think it's just different it's just uh again you're still protecting your hands and um it just gives you more of a false grip on it um but but i told him i was like I think if, if they put a thicker bar, it's going to eliminate that. And uh, all of a sudden it, um, it rogue, you're seeing like people like, like turn their, turn their grips around and not use their grips anymore. Um, but again, uh, if Scott has taught me anything, it's just standards are always changing. So don't get comfortable with one thing. How, have, have you tried since you, since you've seen that workout at rogue doing bar muscle ups on anything thicker than a bar? Uh, I've tried them on the yoke before actually. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Cause it's, it's, it's a similar diameter, but, um, again, that's just, that's just like outdoor fitness and just getting out and doing like obstacle courses, getting over walls, stuff like that. Are you, I um, that was more athleticism, I guess. Right. 
Um, and, and, you know, and, and I guess there's a mental component too, because I'm guessing a lot of people maybe freaked out when they saw that. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I know they had them in the back of the warm up area. Um, so I think people had a chance to at least play on them a little bit. But um, I just think, uh, again, I just think it's uh, paying attention. The standards always changing, and um, you need to just continue um, varying your training. Uh, uh, you are, uh, you're engaged now speaking of, of mental pieces. I am. And that just happened right four months ago. Yeah. And, uh, is that, does that add to the complexity or is that relief? It's relief. <laughs> it is. Yeah. How, it, how long before you asked, were you contemplating it? Well, I had two. <laughs> I oh, oh, him. Oh, I thought you meant me for asking the question. Yes, yes, yes. Seven was pondering it yeah, as yeah, a self. Like I was contemplating it for thirty seconds. How long were you contemplating? Sorry, I forgot we're interviewing you, Spencer. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to do it before the games, but uh, again, I think that was. I, I think it was just kind of waiting until like that weekend was over. But um, I'd say a, a, a few months for sure. What color lipstick are you wearing in this photo? Listen, I don't know who added that picture. <laughs> That's really cool. You guys put on the same lipstick. That's really sweet. Hey, there was a there was a big kiss right before that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a relief because it's it's something off off your mind. It's something you wanted to do, and then you got to like it's done, and you got to take it off your mind. Uh no, I've I've wanted to do it, but to just um. I mean, she's been with me this past year and like, just like the, just the support that she's given me. She came down, um, she came down to Cookville to train with me for months and, uh, we only had one car and she like, <laughs> she just worked out in the driveway with, I mean, I just threw a barbell and, um, just the sacrifices that, that she's made for me. And, um, again, it just, it really meant a lot to me and to just be along with me on this journey. It just means, it means a ton. Honey, I, I appreciate how much you've sacrificed for me. Now I'm going to suck you into it for a whole lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, any, any, uh, what, any sports you're playing in the uh, in the off season? Anything like uh, not 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 anything formal, but are you doing uh, uh, frisbee golf? Are you um, you know any flag football leagues? Are you doing anything? Ah, uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I I mean, I'll go out and golf with some buddies and stuff, but. Um, now I'm usually just working through, uh, different things through CrossFit. Listen, when you guys are ready for disc golf, give me a call. I'll come out to Ohio. I'll teach you guys how to play. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, Spencer. Uh, so much. Uh, always great to see you. I'm starting to figure out who's who. Um, <laughs> and, and it's really cool. And, uh, I have to tell you my favorite part of, uh, of, of watching you is, is obviously your relationship with your brothers. It's so cool to see the kind of glean, uh, the rekindling of you and Scott. Not that there was ever anything wrong, but just the ebb and flow. And it's really cool. It's really cool. And congratulations for finding uh, Nick Fowler. I've heard nothing but the greatest stuff about him. And you you really are coming off like uh, you're in a great place. So congratulations. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, anytime, brother. All right. Spencer, I'm going to send you a DM uh, just in case you're interested. Yeah. I can get, I, can I give Brian your phone number? Yeah. You sure? Yep, perfect. He'll have, he'll have it forever then. That's all right. <laughs> all right. I'll give Brian your phone number. Cool. Awesome. All right, brother. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah. Mr. Beaver. Hello. You look like you got some sun, Caleb. 
Maybe. <clears throat> Not up there. <laughs> Not on the <laughs> Yes, Brian's always pushing hard for disc golf. Yes, he has found his. I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. He has you found his his uh, his love. Uh, Panchiks are the future three playing brothers. You mean three playing brothers are the future <laughs> Panchiks? I don't know, man. They've those guys have set the bar so high. Hey, so so we had all these brothers, right? We had um, who, who were the first brothers? There were uh, you probably thinking of the Anderson brothers. Yes, thank you, Brian. But you should be thinking of the Fitzgerald brothers. Uh, but only two of them. Still, okay, fine. Yes, uh, two two great brothers also. Uh, but um, we don't. That's pretty interesting that we had three. We had the Anderson brothers, then we had the Smith brothers, and then <clears> now we have the Panchik brothers. And that that's kind of over, right? There's no more brothers or sisters like the in in terms of a three pack. I mean, that was that's pretty rare. Yeah, I think it's rare, and I think it will be it, it you know unlikely to see too often going forward. And we have Sydney and, and, and Brooke, but that's just right. But even in those cases, like Dane Smith hasn't made the game. Sydney Wells hasn't made the games. This is, and, and, um, and in, in the case of, you know, what he's talking about, all three brothers making the games at the same year, we still haven't had that. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, the, so, so did the Andersons never did that? I don't think it was the same year. I think that ZA made it in a year and then Alex made a few years and Alex and Jacob made it in the same year in 2016, I believe. And they even had their dad to make it to the games. Yeah, and there are some athletes that have done that, but again, not as big of a of a family thing. No, I'm telling you, I don't think my boys would uh, end up doing uh, cross it. They're coming for that. something. We just don't know what yet. Yeah, exactly. They're coming. Right now, the net, they're coming the for your daughters. Wide. They're coming for your daughters. <laughs> if you want young boys who are wild, who won't have a cell phone until they're 18, uh, mine are your uh, guys. Uh, coffee pods and wads. Uh, the rare three-generation trifecta of Will Sevon and Bill Grundler. Wow. I need to have Bill Grundler back on. Um, today at 5 p.m. I should probably send her a text now. I know you guys are going to find this very hard to believe. But today at 5 p.m. we have Daniel Branding coming on the show. Brian, will you be making that show? It's 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, coaching until... Uh, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So maybe I'll jump in half hour into it. All if, right, that, if you'll have me then. I would love to have you then. I would love to have you then. Do you think I she'd really, like to have me then too? Oh. Actually, it's a half hour late. That might be right on time. Hey, do you like this? I'm so I'm so stimulated by the thumbnails. So I looked up the word emotional, and then I and then I crossed out the the bad synonyms for it, and then just stuck Danielle Brandon over it. You're having fun. Yeah, I'm having so much fun. Uh, I did see what happened on uh, Monday Night Football. I did see. I actually turned it on and watched the commentators as they went back and forth from the desk to the field. I hope that dude's okay. I really, really, uh, Damar Hamlin. What a, what a crazy, crazy uh, situation. It'll be interesting to see what they uh, what they come back with and what they find out. I, I thought it was interesting that, yeah, I, th- I think that some people on the desk had opinions on what might have happened. I mean, obviously, everyone's seen the videos of all these athletes falling on the fields, and there's, you know, I don't know if there's two camps, but we're in an era of uh, where it's difficult to get information, to, to get the facts. And so, and it, well, here's the thing. 
we can all get information, but we all have to think. We all have to be able to think, right? And so we, we just got we just got to think and 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 think things out and try not. But both sides are getting more and more biased. Uh, I'm guilty of that. So uh, I'm cu- I'm curious what's going to happen. I'm very curious. What did you think about that, Brian? About them stopping the game just from the sports perspective? Did you did you see what happened last night? A guy dropped on the field. I know what happened. Yes, I was asleep, but I wa- I watched some stuff this morning and read some articles this morning about it. And <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's unusual. Do you stop the game if someone died. If someone died at the CrossFit Games. You think they'd they'd stop the diet is a different. Um, I mean, Sorry, someone someone passed out at the games. No, it, you know it happens a lot in the NFL. I think Lisa Saunders, Salt, the the female reporter over there, was talking about. You know, we were all just waiting for the thumbs up. Like it happens a lot in football that someone has something happen to them and they're taken off the field, but they give the thumbs up, and the game you goes mean the on. Inju- the injuries happen. Yeah, and to the yeah. point where they have to put on a stretcher and they're immobilized, whether they're, that's necessary or not. It's a precaution that's taken, and they wheel them off the field, and usually they just do a little thumbs up, and then the stadium cheers, and the game goes on. And after you know a minute of game time, people are just back into the game. Um, I think that it, it's rare to have the game postponed or to, you know to not go through that process I just explained and have action continue. In this case, it's a big decision too because it's the end of the – season you know those two teams have uh positions in the playoffs to fight for including a really rare opportunity to uh, a buy in the first round this was the final week of fantasy football which shouldn't really be a focus but there's a lot of you know a lot of people that play that a lot of money on the line some big name players in that game that are now not playing and so there's like you know many many repercussions financially in terms of the season the ticket holders everything else that have to be weighed into it and taken into account there so by no means is it an easy decision and i do think it's rare that they would it's a rare decision to make historically but but there was something unique about that injury we don't know what it is exactly but somehow it was so profound mm-hmm. The way he collapsed, the way he stood up, the way he collapsed, the way they had to do the CPR on him on the field, that it was something set it apart from other injuries. And then, of course, right. the polarizing nature of it, because people, some people just want to jump to the conclusion that it was because he was vaccinated because 95 percent of the players are vaccinated. So there, there's that element, too. Right. Sure. But I mean, that, there was some. Know, there was something about no, it. But it, the, it. The point of all of the stuff I was saying is exactly what you said. It's like, this yeah. is this is not the norm. This is an yeah. exception. Yeah. Um. Uh. The decision uh, was made because he went to cardiac arrest on the field. CPR and AED on the field. So that that might be what the exception is. In all of those other cases, they may not have had to use those things. And and there's a possibility. I don't know. Maybe this contributor knows that there's a. Uh, something in place that the NFL has in terms of protocols, where if that happens, that that elevates it to a different, you know, like a red alert type scenario where the the actions following that are, you know, different than what we're used to seeing. I'm not I, sure. I, I think I could be, I think that the most severe thing that I've seen happen at the games is what happened to Emily Rolf. I mean, we've seen stuff like what Brandon Waddell is saying at the CrossFit games. Do you think if when Kara fell out after Murph, she needed CPR to keep her alive, they would continue. The athletes were shook emotionally. I think stopping was the right thing to do. Um, oh, oh, you well, mean the just, NFL. So, go ahead, Brian. Oh, oh, yeah. If that's what you're saying, I think stopping was the right thing to do for the NFL. I mean, in the case of the CrossFit games, 
there's an event and then it ends and there's a period of time before another event begins where you have more time to make those decisions. In the NFL, like there's it, you're pressed to make the decision in a timely manner. Are we going to continue playing this game or not? And we have about five minutes to make that call, you know? With 100,000 people in the stands and a and million people watching at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm not suggesting uh, Emily Rolfo self-inflicted seven she chose to continue. No, what I'm saying, though, is, is that I think her situation was like, we saw Kara pass out. But, you know, she got her temperature cooled down, got some, you know, food and water in her, and she's back in the game. I think we've seen that, you know, I don't know, I'm going to say 50 times at the CrossFit Games on some degree. But Back in the what, game, but not at 100%. Right. But with Emily Rolf, I think that if she wouldn't have gotten medical attention, her shoot could have gotten really bad really quickly. Is what, is, she is, probably shouldn't have even finished the workout. Right, right, right. Um. Stuff like this has happened in other sports prior to the vaccine. This happened in other sports, particularly Chris Pronger in the NFL uh, playoffs back in 1998. I'd have to, ju- I'd have to see the video. Uh, I'd have to see the video, but that, but, but let me tell you, that's also 24 years ago. It's a right? look. Wh- whatever happened, it's a rare incident, you know. Oh, NHL, NHL. Okay, here we go. Wow, look at Caleb. There you go, Patrick Clark. Yeah, that's very that that looks very uh I wonder what happens just prior to him taking that knee. Ooh, he is not good. He got hit with a puck in the chest. Oh, he did. Oh the slap shot hit him right in the chest. And that was that and, and what was that effect again? You mentioned it at the beginning of the Commotio Cordis. Commotio Cordis. Um and did that guy need CPR out on the ice? Um, I don't know what happened to following that, but or AED. So when I saw that this was, you know, this morning when I woke up and saw all of this, and I, I was hopeful that I'd be able to still see the video of it, which I was. I was expecting something a lot more dramatic than what the play was. I mean, it looked, right. from my perspective, like a very routine play with a very not routine repercussion. Uh, but but pro- in sort of in, in, along the line of what Patrick is saying, it's it's probably pretty routine for a guy to get hit with a puck, also. But that one was just placed perfectly, right? Let's watch. Can we watch that hit one more time? Do you, when uh, Caleb, when you watch that hit, does that guy get hit in the chest? The hockey one? Uh, no, no, sorry, the the football one. Oh, hold on, let me pull it up. I think he. Uh, Patrick Clark, I've seen this uh, injury in college and soccer and baseball. Yeah, a bunch of people were uh, DMing me, and there's a bunch of people saying that. It's not um, completely uncommon. How do people normally recover from this? Okay, here we go. Here's the play one more time with uh, Damar Hamlin. Yeah, it looks like it. Can you? Can we watch it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's a glancing blow, right? Ah, oh, shoulder yeah, right in the in the square to the chest. Yep. 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 And he, and he, he, you can, you can right there, you can see it too, right? I mean, he, I don't know what that word is when you do that, but he goes straight to Hollow Rock. Yeah, he just lowers his shoulder right into his chest. Um, there was a great uh, Eric Weiss. Every NFL hit has got to be like a car crash. This one just hit the right spot. I remember interviewing John Wellborn. Uh, I think maybe who went to the Pro Bowl. I don't know 
11 times or something. He was a lineman. And he said, basically, uh, there would be 10 or 11 hits, I think, a night where he would get hit so hard that he wanted to throw up, which is uh, nuts. I can't even imagine that. Uh, Brandon Waddell, from a tackling standpoint, DeMar tried to catch him instead of driving through, which increases the impact. Yeah. Um, his charity GoFundMe is like at three point seven million, and his goal was twenty five hundred. <laughs> Pull that up. I want to see that. Fact check that shit. Let's start a GoFundMe for Brian. But Brian, go outside and jump in front of a car. We'll split the money. <clears throat> I actually got to get going, but can you will you send me uh, Spencer's number, please? Yeah, absolutely. Brian, thanks for being on, and uh, yeah, you're more than welcome to come on today uh, with Daniel Brandon. I would love to see you. Yeah, just um, send me the link, and when I get back from the gym, I probably will. All right, brother. See you guys. Peace. Spencer, uh, well, uh, Caleb is going to pull up this GoFundMe. <clears throat> you guys can donate to it. Do the right thing. Um, what am I oh, it looks for? like it might just be for his toy drive for kids. Oh, okay. Not for him. That's a little better. He could, he could peel off, peel off a meal off, a mill off there. No one's going to be upset. You're probably right. Oh, that'll help the. Hey, and the thing is, this I, I have to guess that um, I would hope the Buffalo Bills there's got they, they got to foot that bill, right? I mean, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they the, all of their healthcare is through the team itself. So whenever, um, like you work for a collegiate team like Division One or in a professional team, they staff their own medical people. So like you have your own surgeon, you have your own. Um, like athletic trainers on the field, you have everything. So, um, I would like to follow up with though the conversation is very fair to have uh, regarding what it could be. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to to speculate on on more than one possibility by any means. Uh, UOC and Bills probably covered him for the sixty k bill. <clears throat> Um, okay. Okay. Here we go. He originally reached the goal back in 2020 and continued the charity the last two years due to its popularity. God, Patrick Clark knows a lot of shit. (laughs) Okay, guys. Um, I have been cleaning my office and preparing for a, uh, special guest, uh, tomorrow also at 4 PM. I will be, my guest will be sitting over there on the couch. I'm going to have to rearrange some cameras. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. Anyway, uh, we have uh, Daniel Brandon on later today. I think we have Rich Froning coming on uh, this week also. Let me check the calendar here. Uh, tomorrow we have Zeke Armham uh, coming on, uh, police officer. And then on the uh, 5th, uh, we have the we're going back to the affiliate series uh, with Trish, not our Trish, a different Trish. And then on the sixth, uh, we have Sam Dancer in the morning, and then a couple hours later, we have Rich Froning. So it's a fun week. And then we also have our special mystery guest tomorrow. Oh, at four p.m. I got to tell Sousa, um to put that on the calendar. When do we get to let them know? I I don't believe I don't believe it's going to happen until I see that person walk uh, show up at my house. Um, okay. Uh, if Danielle Brandon doesn't come, I'm hacking in and pretending to be her. 
Okay, fair enough. That that would be cool. Um, can you put mystery guest on the calendar? But I didn't say mystery guest in the text. I wrote the person's name. Oh. <laughs> uh no, Rosemary's here. Rosemary's here every day. She's probably in the house teaching the kids piano right now. I am not cleaning because Rosemary's visiting. Oh, David. Stop it. When is that? That's, t- that's tomorrow at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tomorrow, 4 p.m. The thing is, is I have to reorganize all my shit because this guest is coming over and this guest insists on doing it in person. And I'm, I don't want to move all my shit around and then they not show up. Uh, Corey Leonard, 1968, called. They want their couch back. Asshole. No, 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 no. I'm not telling you what letter it starts with. Uh, if, Greg Glass, if Greg Glassman doesn't show up, put a dumbbell on the couch and interview it. All right, guys, I will see you uh, in a few hours. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you. And uh, boo-bye.